Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks, officially the, only, the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen, and this is our debut on Twitch, so hopefully it isn't too bad. Um, joining me on the show is, uh, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this uh, Twitchful night? It's a brave new world, isn't it? Trying something new. I'm sure the quality for anybody that's watching this right now is probably pretty sketchy, but hopefully we can uh, get the bugs out as we explore this and, and see if this can become a thing going forward. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's certainly gonna be a learning curve, but uh, we're willing to uh, learn on the fly and see where it takes us. Uh, don't worry, folks. The podcast will come out uh, tomorrow, so if there's any latency or uh, You're not sure what the heck we're talking about. Uh, just listen for the podcast tomorrow, and yeah, I'm sure it'll work itself out. So we're going to start this. This was a crazy week for Schalke, Jack. Uh, we, we're going to start with uh, something none of us really want to talk about, and that is the, the obliterating we took at the hands of Manchester City in the Champions League. We were uh, coming into this leg. We were down 3-2. We, we, we know the epic collapse we had at the end of that first leg, uh, the the The, the results that came up afterwards uh, were not too kind for Schalke. The hot seat was getting warmer and warmer for, for Tedesco. Uh, but we entered this game uh, with some kind of hopes. We, we didn't think we were going to win, did we, Jack? Uh, we knew it was going to be a difficult task to go to Man City uh, and, and get some kind of result, any kind of result. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't think that it was going to be a particularly competitive first leg at the Veltons Arena, and then for various reasons, uh, it ended up being more competitive than I think many of us expected. But certainly going to the Etihad on the road, um, you expected it to be a, a worse performance than the one at the Veltons Arena. And uh, it went a little bit further south than I think any of us anticipated, but uh, we, we were certainly right with uh, predicting that it would go worse in the first leg. Yeah, so uh, let's get right into it because this. It, I mean, if I tweeted out in the first 25 minutes that I thought Schalke were doing pretty well, uh, being compact, minimizing the chances of Leroy Sané and Aguero and, and so on and so forth. Um, apparently, I put my foot in my mouth because uh, Schalke they gave up a penalty in the 35th minute. Uh, it was uh, Bernardo Silva taken down by by Bruma. Um, it was a legit penalty in my opinion. It was no doubt about it. It was a rusting move. He looked like he did the rock bottom there on uh, Bernardo Silva. So he gets taken down. Aguero scores. And that was pretty much all she wrote, Jack. Um, what ensued was uh, goals. In the, this is in the first half still. Leroy Sané in the 42nd minute. Um, Aguero got... Uh, well, before that, Aguero had a goal, the penalty in the 35th, a goal in the 38th. Leroy Sané got a goal in the 42nd minute, so into halftime, we're down 3 nothing at this point, and it looks bleak, and bleak was just going to be a kind word for us, because it only got worse. Uh, coming out of the half, uh, Sterling got a goal in the 56th, Bernardo Silva in the 71st, uh, Phil Foden in the 78th, and then Gabriel de Jesus in the 84th to round it out, a touchdown, Manchester City win 7 nothing. Jack, um, 
embarrassing isn't even the right words to say. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, you knew after this result that Tedesco was going to be gone, right? I mean, given the context of everything else that had happened, uh, and then you go on the road and you put in the performance as embarrassing as that. Granted, it's a very good opponent, an opponent that is significantly better at than us uh, this season. Uh, they, they've done this to our, plenty of teams this year. I mean, they, they beat Chelsea not that long ago, 6-0. Um, and Chelsea's a much better team than we are at this point. So, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we hung in there for the first 30 minutes or so of that match. Not that we looked particularly convincing during that period of time, but we were in the game. And then once that first one came through and that penalty decision was awarded, uh, I don't know if it broke the mentality or what, but the floodgates just opened. And uh, that was that was all she wrote. It ended up being pretty brutal. 10-2 on aggregate over the course of the two legs, and that's about as comprehensive as it gets. So uh, it, was, it was a weird situation for me personally because I didn't expect the Man City result to be the thing that determined whether or not Tedesco would stay because I didn't expect us to beat Man City in advance in the first place. I don't think anyone did. So in my mind, heading into this Champions League tie, you know, I, I didn't I didn't feel like us losing would have Tedesco be on the chopping block because of that. But I think the nature of that loss and how bad it ended up being, going along with Dusseldorf, going along with Mainz, um, which is, what is that, like 3-0 to Mainz, 4-0 to Dusseldorf, 7-0 to Man City. All those things piled up on each other, and I think they ultimately decided they had to make the move uh, prior to the international break and get things rolling as soon as possible. So, uh, what was it, last Thursday maybe? They finally made the decision and removed Domenico Tedesco. Um, and uh, end of an era. It didn't even last two full seasons. You know, we thought we were going to have some stability at the manager position finally um, after the success of last year, but that just goes to show you Schalke is just it's a wild ride, man. Yeah, a wild ride it is. Uh, the two-year stint, or not even make two years, like you said, uh, is over. Uh, Tedesco is out. Um, we can't blame management for doing it. I mean, some people may say that uh, it should have happened sooner. We're not going to get into that. Uh, it was it was poor this season, no doubt about that. And so um, Tedesco's out, so someone had to come in. Many wondered who would be the replacement in the short term. Uh, we, we all thought it would be a short-term fix, uh, at least for this season, and it would be Hoop Stevens. That's a guy we know. He's a manager of the century for Schalke. Um, so uh, it's a welcome sign there. And also we got Mike Buskins that also come to join on the squad. Um, so uh, two familiar names for Schalke. Uh, you know, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that both of those guys were coming in, as well as Gerald Asamoah being the team manager? Uh, what were your thoughts when you initially heard all this? Well, just as you say, those are names that Schalke supporters should be very familiar with. And I think if you're going to make uh, an, an appointment on an interim basis um, just for the rest of the season to see things out, I think this combination makes a lot of sense. These are guys that um, very familiar with, with the club. Um, this is what Hoop Stevens' third stint now as manager. Um, so it, they're not going to take a long time to settle. They're going to be able to jump right in and get to work because they're just very familiar with everything that goes on at the club. Um, and they understand the tradition and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's exactly what you would want, I guess, from an inter, um, interim appointment and hopefully it goes well. Hopefully they're able to get something out of the team that Tedesco wasn't for whatever reason this season. But, uh, yeah. And then Gerald Asmo, like you say, that's, you know, he's kind of like our, uh, he's kind of like our human mascot, if you will. Uh, he's in like a lot of the marketing, 
and all that kind of stuff. And he's he's a very well liked figure, obviously at the club too. So maybe having him on the bench will boost morale or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll have to see. Obviously, the Leipzig result, the first game, just two days. After they were appointed, they don't have a lot of time to implement anything going into that one. A lot of us thought that they were going to wait until the international break hit um, to make that change. They were going to let Tedesco coach that Leipzig game, but that's not the way it ended up going. So interesting interesting timing there, but I think maybe the Manchester City result forced their hand. And um, Yeah, I, I think we'll have to wait maybe another couple of weeks to kind of judge uh, what the effect of Hope Stevens and Mike Biskins is on, on the squad. Yeah, there's no real... No one really could say that you know Hoop Stevens coming in on Thursday would have a dramatic effect on a Saturday. That that, that was a little far fetched, uh, even for the even for the most diehard shock supporters. Um, but you know he's going to hopefully have an impact coming into the next game. Yeah, we got an international break. We have some time to instill the game plan that Hoop Stevens is trying to implore him and Buskins. Um, you know it's they needed a they needed a new fresh face. Uh, we saw the team had just been not responding to Tedesco whatsoever. Uh, and the Man City game was, it showed right there where after, you know, the first 25, 30 minutes, the team played pretty well, I thought. Then that goal went in and they just gave up completely. Um, Jack and I are so disheartened. We're both drinking uh, whiskey tonight, whiskey bourbon. So um, it's, it's, it's a rough time to be a Shaka fan, but hey, hey nothing, nothing wrong with you getting, getting your drink on. So anyway, the team did not respond well. Um, Something had to be done, and uh, Hoop Stevens came in. Uh, so before we get to the Leipzig match, we know this is going to be a short-term fix. Is there any way that we would imagine that Hoop Stevens is going to stay on for next year? Um, I mean, because if you look at his managerial career, he had a great stint, obviously, with Schalke the first time around. But after that, pretty much, he never really stayed at a club more than one, two years. Uh, the most recent time was at Hoffenheim, where he tried to play with them, and he, it, was, it was a physical condition that kept him from, from staying on there. Obviously, Julian Nagelsmann came on board after that, and it is what it is with, with Hoffenheim. So uh, is there anything that's going to lead us to believe that this is going to be more than just a temporary fix to the end of the season? No, I, I can't envision a circumstance in which Hope Stevens would ultimately be the the permanent appointment at the end of the season, even if for some reason they went on a tear coming out of this international break, won every game for the rest of the season, and uh, he expressed interest in staying on and everything was going well. I, even in that situation, I can't imagine that that's the decision they would make the direction they want to go in going forward. I, I kind of fully expect them to either go out and try to get a big name or maybe go out and get somebody else kind of similar to Tedesco, a younger up-and-coming manager, and try that again. I think it'll probably be one of those two options i can't imagine them you know hiring somebody like stevens they've kind of already been down the line with again and trying that that whole thing so who do who do we look at then as far as next season um i mean the name that many shaka fans are already talking about is roger smith right uh the former leverkusen manager he has some history with you uh with schneider so i mean he brings some offensive flair with his teams that in the past have always played offensive style um shaka have been missing that offensive flair for a long time really uh, we haven't scored goals. Goals is what we're missing, and that would really help us uh, in the wins department and overall is in the attraction factor. Um, do you think Roger Smith is the way that we should go, or, or are you leaning towards another way maybe? The one that was getting a lot of attention, at least today, is when I kind of saw it for the first time, um, is actually Marco Rose of, of Salzburg, and that's because I think a lot of people expected him to potentially be the appointment for Hoffenheim once Nagelsmann departs for uh, RB Leipzig 
in the summer, but they decided to get, they announced today they're going a different direction. So, so Rose is potentially still available. Um, and for some reason, there's a lot of talk about maybe he's, he's going to be going to Schalke, which would be a really interesting hire. So there's certainly, you know, a lot of names out there. Um, I'm not particularly worried with that coaching search at this moment in time. I'm more concerned with making sure we don't get relegated. That's kind of where my main focus is. And that's what it's going to be for the next month or two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we will be revisiting this before the end of the season um, if we're able to get into a position where we feel kind of comfortable with what where we're going to be in the table by the end of it. Um, then it will be probably, the, you know, the main talking point going forward who we're going to replace it with. But uh, for now, it's all about the uh, the next game and getting a result there. The one thing we, like I said, we've said before is that the one thing we have going on our side is that the three teams at the bottom of the table are completely atrocious. Uh, so we have that going for us, I guess. Um, Augsburg won this past weekend, so I think they leapfrogged us. Um, I, I could pull up the table real quick, but uh, you know the table is not bode in our in our favor. So at the top of the table, we got Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Leipzig, who uh, who won this weekend against us. Gladbach in the top four, and Eintracht just behind them. Uh, scrolling down to the bottom, Augsburg did leapfrog us. They moved up to 25 points with their win, the 3-1 win over Hanover. Uh, we sit in 15th place on 23 points. Stuttgart at 20, just three points behind us. Uh, it's getting closer, Jack. And after that, there's a big drop off six and then seven points from um, difference between uh, Hanover and Nuremberg. So uh, it's getting testy. We're going to face these three teams at, at the end of the season, including Augsburg. So, um, and going to this Leipzig match, we were full of optimism, obviously. We got a new manager. Some familiar faces. We thought maybe this would be a good kick in the butt that team needed. It was still too soon, obviously, with two days of uh, of notice. So um, what we saw that uh, on uh, well, we saw the guy. We saw the guy all Shaka fans hate, and that's Timo Werner. He scored a goal uh, on a kind of chopped up play there. Uh, but nonetheless, I think Shaka looked much better. More they had more fight in them, especially in the second half. Um, in the first half, it looked like they were still unsure what was uh, what was there to expect. The goal that Timo Werner scored was in the early in the game, early in like the 14th minute or so. So it was a kick in the mouth right away. But Schalke showed a lot of resolve not to not to fold as they had been for the last three weeks, two three weeks, right? It was definitely a better performance, and you have to give the team credit for that. Um, it wasn't a great performance, but I, I think it was a very even game against an opponent that is much better than us this year in RB Leipzig. Almost got on the board uh, two or three minutes in. Weston McKenney uh, dribbled past maybe four Leipzig defenders and, and played it off, and then there was a through ball to Mark Hoot, and he was just a little bit offsides, and so that, that goal was uh, disallowed. But o- almost a dream start for us right off the bat. And then, as you say, that, that Werner goal, um, of course it had to be him, naturally. Uh, but it, it, it's a clearance that Sané should probably make. It, I don't, it didn't look like a particularly difficult ball. It was played in from wide. He had a lot of time to deal with it, and he wasn't under any pressure from any Leipzig players, so he just kind of like mishandled it, ultimately bounces around. Nubel makes a couple good saves, and the Schalke players are just completely unable to clear it for whatever reason, and it gets tapped in. Um, it's a really cheap and dirty goal to concede, and that was really frustrating. Um, because beyond that, we didn't really give them all that much. I think they had maybe like 15 or 16 shots uh, in the game, but only like three or four on target. Um, so did a pretty good job not giving him great opportunities. And I think, I think Schalke actually had the better opportunities in this match. We didn't have many more 
shots on goal than they did, but I think that's just because we had some really, really bad attempts on goal from positions that absolutely should have resulted in shots on goal. But um, you, you can talk about the performance all day and, and how it was improved from previous weeks, but it, bottom line is we need to start getting results. And, uh, I mean, we've lost, what is it, five, six of our last seven now, maybe? And I don't, th- I don't think we've scored a goal in five of those seven. I mean, dating back to, like, what is that? Like, Freiburg, we didn't score. Mainz, we didn't score. Dusseldorf, we didn't score. Leipzig, we didn't. I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, the offense continues to be challenged. Guido Bergstaller missed an absolute sitter um, from a long McKinney throw in at one point. Just kicked it over the bar. Didn't even get it on target. Um, it's it's. I, I said this on Twitter, and it, it's, like, the lowest level of analysis you can possibly ever <laughs> imagine. Um, but it's it, you have to score goals. We need to pick up points. We need to score goals. And the offense has been a problem all season long. And something has to change there. If it doesn't change, we're not gonna we're not gonna win games, and we're gonna be in trouble because, as you said, we're only three points clear of Stuttgart at this point. And um, you know, one or two more bad results, and we could be sitting in 16th place. And I don't think anyone would back us to win a relegation playoff at this point. And that's a a scary reality that we need to try to avoid. Yeah, that's uh. Sad but true, and and you know we did have a few opportunities in the game. Uh, you mentioned Mark Uth's goal that was taken away, which I thought would hopefully be a, a catapult for them in the game as far as getting you know some goals. And uh, Mark Uth did have an opportunity not too not too far after uh, Timo Werner scored. Uh, it was a weak left-footed shot that I, I thought he could have done a lot better on. Uh, later in the game, uh, Uth had another opportunity once again. Um, and he he missed the, he missed the neck completely. But I want to go back to the goal that you talked about. I agree with you that I think Sane could have done a lot better on the clearance. Uh, it was like a cheeky little back heel that he just tried to like just move out of the way. Ball bounced around. Nubel made two two fantastic saves I think on that play. Got no help from the defense, and I mean Timo Werner was just there to scoop up the rebound. That's kind of a, a microcosm of what this whole season has been, right? It's just a calamity of errors in front of our own goal. Can't get of our own way. We can't stop anybody from taking the shot. And now the team just takes advantage of it. Where last year, if this was the case, it would be the opposite. We would be stopping them. And, and if it was on the other end, we would score. So uh, fortunes have turned uh, completely 180. Uh, we, last year, we were second in the table. And we may very well could be second from the bottom this year. Who knows? And that's what's so frustrating is that the goal that we conceded was just a really cheap goal to concede. Same thing happened in the uh, in the Bayern game against against some of these bigger teams. We end up putting in fairly good defensive performances, except for just like one or two just really boneheaded mistakes or just you know mishandled balls. And um, you even look at the first leg against Man City, and pretty much all of those goals came as a result of just weird individual mistakes or whatever. Um, it, it, I don't know. So just just watching that, it was really disheartening because like you're putting in a pretty good defensive performance for the majority of the match, and then something like that happens. Just a clearance that should absolutely be handled by Sane pretty easily, and then you know several Shaka players with an attempt to clear it and they don't, and you know it's a poacher's goal from Timo Werner. So it's disappointing. Um, I, I think one of the interesting things that happened i don't know if you saw this actually uh but weston mckenney was interviewed after the match on the field for i think just bundesliga.com or something like that and uh he was asked like what effect hope stevens had on the performance because it was an improved performance and and mckenney like was really awkward and paused for a couple seconds 
to kind of consider the question and ultimately was like, I don't really want to talk about the differences between Tedesco and, and Hope Stevens. And it, it doesn't really matter what any of the coaches say at this point, because we know the situation we're in and we just have to go out and perform. And uh, like Hope Stevens didn't say anything special to motivate us. And he doesn't really think that a coach can do anything. It, it was, it was a really strange interview and it kind of raised an eyebrow. I, I, I couldn't tell if he was trying to defend Tedesco's legacy or or what but that was that was curious as well but i mean I, at the end of the day I, th- I do think that's kind of the right attitude that um it's not the coach's responsibility the players need to step up and, and and take care of things but it makes you wonder at the same time um what the effect of this move is going to be whether or not he was just saying that or if like kind of all the players feel like that you know that like stevens isn't going to make a difference in in the tactics or the motivation of the team at all and actually it was kind of funny he set up the team in a very similar uh system to what tedesco did when we lost seven nil to man city so it's not like he came in and just changed a bunch of stuff like he was still you know the kind of that back five with mckinney right wing back and everything and um so there was some continuity in 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 that respect We'll, we'll have to see if he works on anything over um the international break when he has more time to formulate a plan and, and work with some of the players who aren't, you know, abroad with their national teams. And, uh, hopefully we come out of the other side of that with, um, some renewed purpose and some new ideas and hopefully a better idea of what we're doing in the final third. So we could score some goals and, and hopefully nab some results. Those comments were certainly odd. Uh, I agree with that. I did not catch that, but it's, um, it's peculiar. I mean, yeah, uh, the sentiment I get is that everybody loved Tedesco, but, for whatever reason, guys could not respond to it. Um, the banner that the the, the Nord Curve unveiled before the game, it said, um, the coach is gone now. It's the players need to shut up and, and, and play. Uh, thank you, Tedesco. So it seems like everybody was behind Tedesco, but for whatever reason, everyone's like blaming the players at this moment. And you can't blame it too much, right? The players are on the pitch. It's not the it's not the manager. Yeah, he's has to attack. It's not Heidel. Heidel's you know Heidel's in the back, you know, making the moves. But it's the players ultimately that are on the pitch that are, are responsible for getting the results. Uh, you know, trying to do get the tactics that the managers as employed to them as best they can to get the result. And you know, if this was just a if if you have to look at last season, because last season we played so well, so you know the team is good enough to do the job. So. We watch highlights from last year, and then this year, you're like, something's not right. The team is not playing, and you got to go on the players at this point because the tactics can't be too much different, right? I mean, yes, we use way more formations this year. McKinney played everything. We, we, we talked about it many times, but ultimately, the players are on the pitch, and they're not getting the job done. And I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not really trying to say that it's, it's all the players' fault, but I can see where people are saying that it is their fault because they're ultimately the ones on the pitch trying to make the result, right? Or am I wrong on this? Yeah, the banner essentially said um, that the mercenaries need to leave the club. So that's, I mean, that kind of shows you exactly how a lot of the fans feel. They were putting it more on the team and the performance of the individual players who they don't feel really buying into what the club is all about more than they were putting it on the shoulders of Tedesco, who they, you know, were thanking for his his tenure. Um, I mean, Tedesco definitely deserves a lot of blame. I mean, his his... The, the league clearly caught up to what he was doing last year, which wasn't that complicated to begin with. Um, you know, he played some very predictable stuff um, and not particularly inventive, and and that was always going to be a problem. But you know, I, I do disagree with you. I mean, I do agree with you in some sense. I I, I should say that. Uh, I mean, yeah, Goretzka left, Ronaldo left mid-season, Meyer left. I don't think that all of these are 
an explanation for the extent of the regression that we've witnessed this season. I think we all, I mean, maybe not because you predicted them to win the league this year, but I think a lot of people predicted some sort of um, regression from this team, and it's just gone a lot further south than any of us anticipated. Um, and it does, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone deserves a share of the blame, and, and I, I certainly can't um, judge the fans for leveling a lot of that at the feet of, of the players who they don't think have been putting in the performances that are necessary. <laughs> Many of us did did uh, suggest that it would be a drop-off from last season. All but one person. Um, I kind of went out there and said, Schalke, we're going to win the Bundesliga. I also said Eintracht was going to get relegated. Um, it looks like Eintracht may get Champions League and Schalke might get relegated. So, my goodness, I need to just shut up sometimes. Um, but I think I think that Eintracht take was even worse than your Schalke one. You know, I, I trusted a lot in Kovac, and I, I love what Eintracht did last year, but I thought Kovac had a lot to do with it. I liked Radetzky, and they lost him. They lost Kovac. I said that it had to be too much for the team, and obviously I was wrong. Uh, the manager that came in has, has done a, not, not an equal job, but even better job than what Kovac did last year. Um, you know, they brought in Kevin Trapp. I did not see that, foresee that coming, so uh, that was a terrible call by me for sure, but... Um, yeah, which which is worse, the Eintracht call or the Schalke call? That's a, to be determined. Oh, I guess if Schalke get relegated, that's going to be ultimately the worst call. But if we look at the schedule up ahead, we got Hanover. We need to beat Hanover. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, then after that, we got the DFB Pokal uh, against Bremen, and that's on, on April 3rd. April 6th, it was going to be the viewing party in uh, Columbus, which I will be at. Uh, it is against Eintracht, the, the team that I mentioned earlier, and then uh, and then Nuremberg's right after that, and then it gets really tough after that. So um, there's two games, two games that we should win in that grouping right there, um, and the other two, if we get a point out of any of those, I'll be happy. But we need to beat Hanover, we need to beat Nuremberg. There's no question about it because we are three points above the relegation playoff spot right now, and there's we have no room for error. Yeah, that that next game, the next match day, uh, what is that match day twenty seven? Um, Stuttgart are are going up against Eintracht Frankfurt, and that's a game that you would expect Frankfurt to win. And we're going up against Hanover. And if we're serious about avoiding relegation, that's a game that you would expect us to win. So if we're able to get a result, and and Frankfurt does what we would expect them to do, suddenly that gap between um, seventeen and sixteen is going to be six points, and that's looking a lot friendlier going forward but if if we drop points against Hanover god forbid even lose um it's gonna start getting real hairy and it's already pretty hairy as it is I mean we're we're it's it's what are we what is that like six I mean Hanover is only like I mean, I, I I guess I'm not super worried that we're gonna end up dropping below the relegation playoff spot because I think we still have you know nine points maybe between us and that I, I forget where Hanover is at the moment but um but that that Stuttgart point difference is, is not that much, and we, we need to try to put some ground between us. And this Hanover game is a perfect opportunity for that. Yeah, it's uh, I don't even want to imagine you know losing three points because at that point we're in the relegation zone pretty much. Unless you know, I, it's not out of the realm that Stuttgart can pull off the miracle over over Eintracht. I mean, Eintracht has a history of playing really great for a bunch of times and then an inexplicable loss. So. Um, it's not out of the realm, and you know, if we're in that zone, I mean, for the people, for the fans who think, oh, if we do get relegated, we'll come right back up. 
Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Bundesliga is probably more challenging than the Bundesliga because there's so many teams that are trying to get up and there's so many good teams. I mean, you can just look at a couple of teams I can think off the top of my head, you know, uh, Union Berlin, Dresden, and Sandhausen. They've been in the mix for the last four years and haven't made that jump. Um, and those are, you know, those are three good teams right there. And there's been teams that have been above them that have been, you know, promoted, obviously. So, despite the Bundesliga, is not going to be any picnic. And for those who think we're going to bounce right back up, don't count your chickens. We can't score the Bundesliga. What makes you think we're going to score despite the Bundesliga, right? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um you, you just can't take that for granted. And obviously we shouldn't be wanting to get relegated anyway. But, yeah, to the people that are saying, oh, you know, it's not the end of the world if we get relegated. We'll be back, you know, after a season. Like, really? <laughs> we might not. So, got to avoid relegation at all costs. Um, once again, I, I'm still trying to wrap my, my mind around how we've gotten to this point where we're even having this conversation. Um, it is just night and day from how things were last season and how we felt in the summer going into this campaign, it's just crazy to think that we're that we're here. But uh, here we are. And uh, hopefully, as I said, when we come out of this international break, the team will be in, in good shape. Uh, one thing I will be watching very closely is the suspension situation surrounding uh, Bentaleb, who was banished to the U23s um, for disciplinary reasons, from what I can tell, indefinitely. Uh, I would like to think that he'd be called back at some point, but because uh, I mean we we can't afford to be suspending all of our best players when we're in the middle of a relegation fight. But um, I don't know if that was Hoop Stevens just laying down the law. Something happened early into his very brief tenure so far that he just wanted to make an example of him and, and, and put him there. But um, you know we've we've heard throughout the season about various players having some disciplinary issues, and this is the worst time for any of that to come to a head. We need, we need every man possible, honestly. So um, I had seen some other tweet about potentially some other people being sent to the U23s as well, but I haven't seen that confirmed by anybody. To your knowledge, is, is it just Bentaleb at this point? At this point, yes. It, it's just, it is just Bentaleb. But, yeah, I mean, we've had so many disciplinary issues this year. I mean, it's not it's not unheard of in the last five years, really, because, I mean, we, we look at uh, – Oh man, Kevin Prince Boateng and then uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name right now, but uh, too many Jack Daniels, uh, I think. <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, you know, Bentaleb is one of most our most creative players at the at the, at the moment of the team, and to have him banished to the U23s. I mean, the last person to be banished to the team was Franco Di Santo. Where's he at now, right? Um, it's not a good sign, especially when you're mo- when you're most talented player, one of the most talented players is in, in the U23 squad. Um, so Schalke gonna have to find some way to get a result, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Hoop Steven saw something that he needed to address right away, like you said. I, we don't know, um, but the team needs to respond. They got you know a week or so break, week and a half break before the next match. It's a crucial match, and um, and you'd hate to see. I mean, the football guts, the way they work. It could very well come down to the very last game of the season, which, oh, by the way, is against Stuttgart on May 18th. Um, the team is just, just below us who are holding the current last relegation uh, playoff spot. So we do not want to see it to get to that point because if, if it comes to that one game, I don't feel confident in that we're going to be able to get a result in that game. Do you? No, absolutely not. I, I think uh, Schalke would have more pressure on themselves the longer this goes than almost any other team 
in the relegation fight because Stuttgart's been relegated recently, unless I'm mistaken about that, and uh, you know Hanover and Nuremberg as well. So this, Schalke's like the big, the big name in that in that grouping of teams at the moment, um, and I, I think the longer this continues. We're going to have the most to lose, and I think the nerves from our players are going to be worse than the nerves of everybody else. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's going to be too much pressure, I think, on the shoulders, and it, it just I, ho- I hope we don't even get to that point. I hope the team can find some way to get results uh, before, well before that matchup, because uh, um, <laughs> imagine I mean we saw this in the in the Premier League not too long ago, where a team rode the rode their their cup success and won the um, Whatever whatever tournament it is in, in in English league, and then get relegated that same season, and that was uh, Swansea, I guess it was. Was it Swansea? Who was that? There was a team. Anyway, some team won the cup, and then they got relegated in that same season. And Schalke could, I mean, technically still in the tournament, so they could foreseeable, you know, a lot of the chips have fallen the way they you would want them to, so they could, for you know, conceivably win the DFB Pokal, which I'm not gonna hold up my breath, but they could win that and still get relegated in the same season. And I, 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 I if I had to give up one, I'd give up the DFB Pokal to stay in the league. Oh yeah, no, no question about it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody that would want that that trophy just for us to have it. I mean, I think everybody, without a question, is, is staying up is is that's the primary focus definitely so the last thing i want to get to before we get out of here um the financial report came out for shalka um a lot of it was uh saying oh shalka is no longer in debt blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, i heard some rumors that shalka are willing to spend up to 300 million dollars on new players i don't buy that i don't know about you but i don't buy that um people ask you know, how can shalka be so in debt uh before this i mean we hadn't had Champions League in a while, right? It's been since probably the Raul days that we had a we're in the Champions League. Champions League brings in a lot of money. So if you're if you're buying a lot of players, you're not getting the results, uh, you're not winning any titles, you're gonna lose money. Um, and so I think it's poor management stuff, you know, going up to this point. Uh, but they finally sold enough players, not giving away for free, that they could get their money back and start making being the surplus. I think the 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 report said, you know. As it stands right now, if we didn't sell anybody, we have about 10 to 20 million euros to spend next season on players. But uh, the, the the most likely scenario is that we're going to give up some players and, and get you know obviously get some more money and, and, and change some people out. But the 300 million part, I don't buy because Shaka barely spent 30 million you know in a given year or two years. What makes you think they're going to spend 300 million? This is not AC Milan. This is not Real Madrid, PSG. Uh, can you see in any way, shape, or form that Schalke would spend 300 million euros on new players? No, I mean, of course not. We don't. We don't have that kind of money, um, and I think that's what's. I haven't dug into the financial report that everyone was was talking about today, um, but the thing that's frustrating is that Schalke is consistently ranked in the top 20 in the world in terms of revenue. And so from that standpoint, we're like one of the richest clubs uh, in, in the world, uh, but it doesn't seem to reflect that, you know, our transfer policy and everything. Um, and that's obviously because we have all these debts that we're paying off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look, you look at the state of the squad right now, you're telling me we got 10 to 20 million to spend next next summer? That's just not enough. I mean, if reports of, you know, the squad overhaul – are, uh, are, are to be believed. I think we're going to need a lot more than that. So we'll see how that goes 
going forward. That'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch in the summer. But it's it's not going to be helped by us not qualifying for the Champions League next season, which we're definitely not. And then, you know, even even worse if we get if we get relegated, relegated, we're just going to lose even more money from you know the contract rights and all that stuff. So, um, definitely a precarious position financially. There's no doubt the Shock Nation are obviously upset at the position that we're in at the table, um, and it, most a lot of not most, but a lot of a lot of uh, fans are saying out with them all, let's start fresh. Well, it's nice if you have money to do that, but we don't. Um, I don't want to I don't want to speculate on who we want to say we'd want to go or anything like that. But in your opinion, who do you think we we should definitely definitely keep because they're so key and core to our identity? Um, if, if I were to pick a couple guys, um, I mean, Katushu is one. I mean, the fight, he's like the only one who, who really showed so much fight in the last game um, against RB Leipzig. Uh, he was fighting for every ball. He came out for like the last 15 minutes or whatever, but uh, he fought for every ball. He he did not give up. There's one play in particular where he just went like, uh, he kept losing the ball, but he kept getting back and, and kept fighting for it. And that's what you want to see. And the crowd gave him the same innovation because of that. Uh, so he's got to be one that you definitely want to keep. Another one, uh, maybe is being being biased because we're American, but Weston McKinney, uh, he's been the most consistent player on the team this year, I think, and he still has so much upside. Um, you know, Nubel, you want to see Nubel because he's got the talent, obviously. Um, but other than that, like, who else would you want to see, Sebastian Rudy? I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know who you would, who, you, who else you would, you would deem as. Someone you feel embodes the the qualities that Schalke um, portrays, or you want them to portray. That's a good question. Um, I would agree with you in that I, I think Weston McKenney is uh, the the number one priority for us to hold on to, and I think he's probably the most attractive player on our squad to other teams, just because he's young, he's American, has the marketing potential. Um, I still kind of want to hold on to Mbolo and see what he's capable of. I think I think Mbolo and McKinney are two guys I definitely don't want to see go. Um, maybe Caligiuri as well, because I think he was really important for us last year and at times has still been important for us this season. But given the performances of a lot of these guys this year, it's really difficult to uh, put a lot of guys in, the, in the, the safe zone and say I absolutely wouldn't want to see that guy go. I think there's just been so many lackluster performances across across the squad that I, I, there's not there's not a lot of guys who I think we'd be particularly upset about leaving if we found out they were sold. You know, a name that kind of jumps out to me that I failed to mention, I think the work that Daniel Calgary has done this season, I would be, well, I don't know if he'll be able to feature as one of the prominent players next season. I would still want him on the team. Just the, the, the work rate, um, you know, when he's on his game, he's he's really good. And then, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just uh, me liking him, but Stambouli. Uh, something about Stambouli that I, I kind of want to see on the team. Um, he seems to have that heart and fight that we want. Maybe not necessarily getting the results or, or you know, not getting beat every time. But um, those are two players that jump out to me also that kind of like, um, they, sh- they they show the passion sometimes that you you want in in, in a Schalke player the minor spirit if you will. Yeah, that, that's not a bad shout. I think yeah, I mean Stan Bully's a guy that certainly seems to care quite a bit um, about the club, and he's been an important figure the last couple of years. But like I said, there's just for me it's it's some of the the younger, more exciting guys that I really um, eh, would like to 
hold on to and everyone else is just kind of like you know especially with all the rumors you hear about the divisions in the locker room and everything and what was going on behind the scenes during Tedesco's reign um if there's some bad apples in the locker room maybe you do want to clear a lot of them out but we'll, we'll see well we'll definitely gonna see it's gonna be uh an interesting international break to say the least um but the last you know so many games it's gonna be we'll see what shock is made of see what the players are made of um I know none of these players want to be relegated, but um, they're gonna have to put their they're gonna have to put the fight in in, in each and every one of the games um, to prevent that from happening. And they have to play their best games of the seasons for, from here on out. Uh, it's a, it's a playoff it's a playoff fight from here on out. So uh, we'll see what they're made of. Um, hopefully, Hoop Stevens has enough time during this international break to kind of instill some something in the guys, some kind of some kind of fight to get them going. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll see. The, the, the next game is a, is a big one against Hanover, and we it's a must win. It's no doubt about that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Jack, my drink, my cup is empty. So I think that might mean that might signal the end of the show. What do you think? I'm empty as well. That's blasphemy. Well, you know, we have to start to show some bigger glasses. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the show lasts a little longer. So um, hey. Uh, that will wrap this one up. Um, unfortunately, we had to drink on this one, but hey, the results warranted the the, the drinking. So um, anyway, uh, thank you to uh, all the fans who've listening in. Uh, we want to thank Shaka for all the tidbits on the podcast today. Um, as always, we want to thank our good friends at NBC4 Nashville. Where would we be without them? You know, they made so much of us this season. <laughs> Jack. Where can our, uh, our lovely followers, both on social media and Twitter, Instagram, but also on Twitch, where can they find you? I mean, I don't really do much worth following on any of those platforms, but especially Instagram. And I don't stream myself on Twitch. We're just kind of testing this for the first time here um, uh, on the uh, SO4 podcast uh, handle on Twitch. But uh, on Twitter, you can find me, J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Definitely uh, send us your questions every week, things you want to have us talk about on the podcast, um, or you know just interact with us as news comes out, that sort of thing. We love the uh, the Shaka community that's kind of growing um, on Twitter. It's a fun thing to be a part of, for sure. Oh, very, very well said. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, obviously, we're going to be here on Twitch. Maybe we'll see how, th- see how this works out. Uh, trying to still work out the kinks and the bugs out of it. Um, but you can also find me on YouTube as well, making videos. Uh, apparently, I have too much free time, but I got time to do all this other stuff. So, um, with that said, we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you once again, and uh, until the next pod comes, there will be a pod. Remember, remember that, folks, watching here. Um, we'll see you soon. Shoes. Shoes.